You're listening to the Cosmic Pirate Radio Show, podcast number 15. Okay, here we are for another Cosmic Pirate Radio Show. This time, we have in the studio with us Roger Kahn. Roger is a good friend of mine from way back when. Uh, way back when we used to pump gas. You're my boss on the yes, pump. that's right. Thank you! We're Mr. Wu. Oh, it's Mr. Chan. Mr. Chan. Mr. Wu was my turtle. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so Roger's... He's still around, by the way. Really? Your brother's still got him. Getting big. Anyway, back on subject. Back on topic. Roger and I have known each other for a long time. We've been together for, what, 10 years? Well, that sounds least. about right. Yeah, it's a long time still. Uh, good friends from way back in the day. Sometimes I think that's too long, but... Roger. We won't get into that in this. That's uh, for another podcast. Roger's behind the bar, so he's the official bartender tonight. We have his little digital recorder set up on the bar, and he is on the far side. So are you going to get me another beer or what? Sure. Which kind would you like? Let me go for another number nine. I think they're a little softer on the uh, the ABV. I don't want to be uh, put over the top here. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. I good I don't have the Homer Simpson uh, bottle opener. It's kind Wait a second. Here we go. There we go. <laughs> and the poor. Roger and I, the reason we're enjoying some brewskis tonight, Magic Magic. Have to reach cat. Okay. Magic Hat is a very good beer. In fact, uh, these guys are from Vermont. Maybe is, that's why we haven't heard from Sean. He, he might he be got at the, the brewery magic, getting sloshed. He got into the Magic Hats. Magic Hat is a very good brewery. They have several different beer styles they brew, one of which is number nine, which 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 I'm enjoying right now. Uh, Roger's actually in Dogfish Head Indian Brown Ale, which is also very good. Um, Magic Hat has these funny little sayings that they put in their bottle caps. The one on mine is, when in a bind, use your mind. That's handy, uh, handy knowledge. Here's a pork. I can. But the reason the reason Roger and I got into the number nines, I first tried it. Did we actually pick up a six pack, or did I try it on tap somewhere first? I forget. I don't remember how that started. When we first tried number nine from Magic Hat Brewery, when we first tried number nine from Magic Hat Brewery in Vermont, um, it struck us as being very similar to a homebrew flavor that we were used to since we're both homebrewers. And the thing I think that made it taste like a homebrew to us is because it's bottle conditioned, which means it's carbonated in the bottle with, there's, there's a thin layer of yeast that ends up at the bottom of the bottle, similar to the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, which also has a homey flavor to it. And it's also a very full body. Yeah. Um, Magic Hat actually started, the guy actually started was a homebrewer, and his flagship beer I forget the, what the name of that actual beer was. He discontinued it last year or the year before. But his friends told him, hey, you got to get this out there. This beer is really good. And one thing led to another. And here he's brewing uh, five different, five or six different varieties of beer now. And uh, they, they have brewery tours and all sorts of things up there in Burlington, Vermont, where they're located. But it's a really good beer. Is that the company that does the Hazed and Confused? Or Hazed and Infused, rather? Not Confused? That... They might be. Because the other one I like is this Hop Devil, and that's a victory brewery. Right. Uh, he he Hazed might be the one that made the Hazed and Infused thing. Well, they, have, they also have Monkey Boy, which is their wheat beer. I don't think I've Beeson that they've just that. started. 
that I think they really, I think that one's fairly new, maybe, maybe maybe not more than a year old. Okay, well that would explain it since I've been gone for a little over two years now. Um, they have Fat Angel. Right, that was another and tasty they, one. That was a darker one. And they, where, Whereas the, the number nine is more like a pale ale. It's, I mean, I just recommend ales to anybody who wants to drink a real full-bodied, full-flavored beer. And you tend to lose a lot of that <clears throat> real flavor when you're when they ferment at a colder temperature. Well, and that's, you, that's you not, can that's get a, a uh, hoppy lager, but it's not common. They lose their flavors. And uh, uh, you see, the thing with me is a lager, I can't enjoy, well, it depends on the lager, I guess, but I can't really enjoy a lager warm or no. even even no. even tempid, you know? Yeah. Whereas an ale, or, I can drink tepid. at room temperature and tepid? still tepid. Tepid, yeah. What the hell do I know? Tepid. <laughs> Um, but these I beers, they, these beers were in the refrigerator. Seriously, before I had my first beer, uh, the first dogfish head or first number nine, I think they were fridge. What, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes? Maybe, maybe twenty minutes. They were warm in the store. They were out on the rack. We brought them home, stuck them in the refrigerator. Twenty minutes later, we we had them. That's fine. It doesn't have to be ice cold. A good ale well, tastes that's, good. That's the thing with at, uh, uh, you know an ale. Also, is you know. If it's on the shelf, it's fine. As long as it doesn't get hot, right? it'll be fine. You take a lager and let it get warm and then make it cold again, it gets that metallic bite to it and a skunk smell to it. Right. And and what beers are, are very known for skunking is the uh, Budweiser's or Heineken, yeah? Oh, yeah. The Heineken just has a skunky taste right off the bat, I think. I, I mean... And I'm, I'm sure we're like... Pissing off some people out there. Well, I don't know. I don't want, I don't want to piss anybody off. I do, I do drink Heineken. I don't mind a good Heineken. <clears throat> um, I don't care for it, but if it's a choice between that and, say, you know, a Budweiser, yeah, I'll go with the Heineken. If a place, of course, I'm pissing off the people I work for now, too. <laughs> oh, you're right. That's right. Roger is a is is an employee of Bush Gardens down in Florida. Oh, uh, no, I'm he not. Lived. I work at Bush Gardens, but I'm not an employee of Bush Gardens. I work for a contractor. Okay. On premises, though. Yes. Okay. So you work for a contractor located at Bush Gardens, and you work on the rides. Yes. Basically, you're a mechanic. Uh, now you're a, 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 a supervisor of mechanics. No, I'm not. To some extent, no. No. Well, I thought you were. Nope. I, don't I thought know. you moved I into a supervisory condition. I thought they moved you into a supervisory no. position on no. this one section of rides. No, I'm just a mechanic. So you don't oversee anybody. Sometimes I don't even oversee myself. But <laughs> you'll have to edit that out too. No, the rides are very safe, people. No, trust me. If Roger's working on the rides, they are safe. Roger's been an auto mechanic for years and is very mechanically inclined. He's just, that's just. And I take my work seriously. Exactly. So he's you were first a safety tech or something there, right? When you started, or just start yeah. right as a mechanic. Always been a mechanic. Yeah. Okay. I've switched areas where I worked, you know, the rides that I worked on, but other than that... When you started there, you were on one of the roller coasters. I was on two roller coasters. Two roller coasters. And one roller coaster is now gone. They, they dismantled And it had, I had nothing to do with that. That's, which roller coaster was that that they dismantled? That was the uh, Python. Python they took yes. down. They took that out to uh, make room for some new rides and attractions. And you said, you were telling me once, instead of just hacking this thing apart, did they take it apart bit by bit? So oh, it they chopped fit? it into little tiny pieces. So they took it, they disassembled it, then chopped it up so it would fit. Uh, well, they disassembled it in the manner and, of chopping it up. 
Okay, and they wanted to make sure it. it you were saying something how how they did it so organized, so this thing would fit and get as much out of the dumpster space as possible when they were dismantling it or something. That's what some say, yes. Some say they did that so nobody can take the pieces. Oh, okay. Who's going to build a Who's right? Who knows? Yeah, who's going to grab the pieces to build a roller coaster? You'd be surprised. Seriously? Yeah, it is. There's people out there that offered to buy it. They wanted it. Yeah, yeah, in their yard. It's like... Big spenders, big spenders with a lot of property. When a, when Apparently, a, wow! Oh, that was my, you know the first roller coaster I ever rode, and you know I got millions of dollars. Uh, that's nice, but wow, they got like giraffe money, like Michael have, Jackson or something. Yeah, you have any idea what it takes to keep a roller coaster going? It's like, no, you don't really want to do that. I mean, if you have an amusement park, and well, you'd like have to, to hire it, yes. you'd have to hire a mechanic and a maintenance guy or a mechanic team and. A, a safety guy and an operator. Operations team. So you'd have a full, you know, full time. If you want to run this thing, and the <laughs> so you have to just hire these guys in, to come in and run it when you're there or when you want to use it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the liability involved in that. It's like you don't want to get into that. Okay. So, anyway, back on topic. So you're, so you're down at Bush Gardens, and I remember when you when you first moved down there, you said one of the things about about Bush Gardens that was cool is you could like pay for the day or something and get as many beers as you wanted to drink or something like that? Did I remember hearing that correctly? Uh, well, technically you're only supposed to have two. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> okay, here's the secret, folks. They change bartenders like every hour or two. I mean, so if you drink Wait, is this slow, insider information that our, uh, our, uh, our audience is going to be able to take advantage of the next time they're in Florida Bush Garden? Possibly. Okay, okay, okay. No guarantees. So if you're if you're aware of what bartender you got your first two beers from, and wait till that bartender switches to a new one, a different bartender, and then you go to that guy, you can get another two beers for right. the same voucher. Well, you can only get one at a time. Okay, with the same voucher. Well, there's no voucher. You just have to prove that you're old enough to drink. And you've paid your way into the park, so you're... Well, if you were in the park, you paid your way to get in. Right. I mean, that's... Yeah. So then Pretty obvious at that point. So you were like drinking free beers all day when you went to Bush Gardens because you would just watch the bartenders. You <laughs> possibly could, yes. So as you can tell, Roger and I do have a love of beer. Um, is it that obvious? <laughs> Wait a minute, you don't drink Budweiser. So what is what? What at Bush Gardens did you drink if you were able to well, go down there and get a free beer? You said they had a pretty decent one. All they have basically is lagers, and I'm just not a fan of lagers. But they do have a bare knuckle stout. Okay. Which I'm not sure if it actually is an ale. They, it might be a stout that they're, you know, passing off as a stout made with uh, lager yeast. I'm not sure, but it's not bad. Well, it's a little got a little bit of a bite to it, but okay, They're, it's the closest thing to a an ale that they have. Okay, it's, at the time, it's that a I little heartier and fuller bodied than your regular lager. Oh yeah, it, yeah. It, you know, it's got a nice dark color and. Decent head little, on it. A little boost of a flavor. The uh, <gasps> similar, to, similar to the Guinness, which I love, the Guinness Foreign Extra Stout that we've had in St. Kitts. Um, that is licensed by Guinness. The, the Carrow Brewery in St. Kitts is licensed to brew that. So Guinness will send them down a, uh, a concentrate of their Guinness Stout. Yeah, and isn't that just added to the Carrow? Yeah, it's mixed, it's blended. We use it per 
proper term now. It's blended. I'm with, sorry, I stand corrected. It's blended with the Carib dark lager, and they're allowed to sell it under the Guinness label. They have a dark lager. I thought there was only one Carib. Well, it's dark before it. That, before it's, it's filtered. It's brown before it comes out filtered yellow. Yes, it is. It is filtered through a system that pulls out everything, including some color. That's why a lot of these pale lagers, they're brewed with a light with a light malt, right? Like uh, Budweiser Coors Light or Corona. But you notice how Budweiser Coors Light are really, really pale yellow. Look at a Corona and it's got a, a richer yellow color to it. A golden kind of beer right. color. Look at a bass ale and it's brownish. It's it's amber, mm. a deeper amber color. Another one now, of my favorites, by the way. Now the actual carob. When I was touring the brewery, we saw the carob before it was filtered, and it was dark. It was a darker brown color, even darker than a bass. Hmm. They filter it, and it it and it after filtration, it comes out a paler yellow, but it's golden. It's it's still a deep golden color. You know, it's not like a bat, uh, 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 like a light lager you'd get here in the states, like a quartz or whatever else. It's more golden in color. But yeah, they'll they'll mix their Guinness concentrate with their uh, dark lager, and there you have your Guinness for an extra stout. Hmm. And it's seven and a half percent, roughly. Strong stuff. It's good. It's tasty. It's got a bite. I like it. And that is kind of strong because stouts, you know, unless it's like an imperial stout mm -hmm. or a barley wine, stouts, believe it or not, are actually lower in alcohol. They're usually around four, four and a half percent. Yeah, they're you like know, Murphy's and Guinness. Nice, heavy body, richer taste, but lower alcohol content. And for the longest time, I was uh, misled thinking that stouts were, you know, higher alcohol content, and it turns out they're not. I'm pulling up our website, Roger. I guess you uh, have tried the Dreamweaver. There's so, an empty. And we didn't have it. We didn't buy that today. But those, I, I did see that and considered it. Those are uh, homebrews, the homie bottles. That's right, yes, yes. Let me so scroll down. I have some more information. Bottles. I have some more information if you think uh, it, it's interesting enough from our from our cryptobrewology.com website. Make sure you visit that, folks. It's actually taken off. It's getting some, uh, it's getting a lot of traffic and a lot of people are interested in the site. You can also get your What's in Your Carboy t-shirt at cryptobrewology.com. That is the official slogan of cryptobrewology.com, What's in Your Carboy. Um, let's see if I can find something else here. Four extra stout boasted seven and a half percent ABV, quite a big beer, compared to one version imported in the United States, which tops out around four point three percent. Stronger Guinness four extra stout is also available in Ireland and Africa. Uh, four extra stout in Malaysia tops out at eight percent. That's uh, a strong bro. Special export stout reaches eight percent in Belgium. That's getting close to uh, barley wine. Yep. And the strongest version of Guinness to reach the U.S. is the Guinness Original Extra Stout, which is 6% ABV. 
I do like the Guinness with an extra bite, so I like the ones with a little bit higher, a little bit higher alcohol content. They, not because I like to get buzzed quicker, but they just seem to have a stronger flavor to me, and that's mm -hmm. what I prefer. I I don't mind regular Guinness at four percent, but it's thick and smooth, and that's it. It is a flavorful beer, but I like a lot more of a bite and a lot more character. Uh, see, I like my smooth. I like, you know, good head on it, you know, full body, full flavor, but smooth. Not I like a, my stout not, not like so I much. like my women. Full bodied and <laughs> we smooth. We won't get into that. <laughs> so anyway, Roger is the other the other half, although he's not a participant, not a regularly participating contributor to the site. He has uh, submitted recipes and reviews to cryptobrewology.com, but he is the other part uh of the site's origination. Alright, I gotta have a hop devil. Roger and I were hanging around the uh, the brew kettle one night. Seriously, this is not a joke. We were brewing beer at my old house and we were talking about Bigfoot barley wine, which you just mentioned barley wines. Barley wines are beers that are over 9% or something that have to be labeled a barley wine because of the uh, legality of importing or, or manufacturing a large AB alcohol beer. To be quite honest with you, I don't remember why it's called a barley wine. All I know is they're strong. Yeah. So, um, well, now you have the Imperial Stout, which is 10%. It's, it doesn't say barley wine anywhere on the label. So there must be new legislation out there that's uh, changing things in the beer world. And I actually, being the being owner of a website about beer, I should actually be more up to date on this stuff. So I have to look into that. Um, Roger and I were standing around the brew kettle, talking about Bigfoot barley wine from Sierra Nevada Brewery, which is nine point six percent, by the way, quite a quite a wallop. Um, and then our conversation drifted to the real Bigfoot. And Loch Ness Monster and other characters like that. And, and and I think I took a gulp of my beer and said, Oh my God, Cryptobrewology. And there the name was born. Well, for those that aren't familiar with uh, the terminology, explain how Cryptobrewology came about. I mean, tell them about the uh, term of Cryptozoology. Right. Cryptozoology is a field of study which involves research into Bigfoot, the existence of Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, uh, and others, other mysterious creatures like that, including things like even Mothman, which I think is a bit, a bit uh, of a stretch. I, I don't necessarily believe in this stuff, like a lot of these, uh, a lot of the proponents of, of Bigfoot and, and these other mysterious creatures. I think Bigfoot itself is plausible. I think... There could be something out there, and a lot of people do believe there is, and a lot of people have said they've seen it. With When all you have is, is anecdotal evidence, which is just stories, it's hard to say. In the case of Bigfoot, we have footprints, but I mean, that's also hard to say because people can, can, can fabricate fake feet and walk around and, and do things like that. I'm not an expert on it, don't claim to be even though I do actually own the uh, New Jersey Bigfoot Reporting Center. <laughs> I'm just so, just so many things, things I'm interested in that I've got a website for almost everything. Jack of all trades, master of none. Exactly. So, cryptozoology is, is basically where, where the cryptobrewology is derived, deriv derived, derived, derived from, derived from, <laughs> derived from. 
we have uh, uh, beers like Bigfoot. We have other beers. Let's see, we got my article here at the Cryptobiology. Uh, hops, hominids, and Bigfoot and beer. So let's take a look at that quick. We have Nessie Monster Mash from the Caragorn Brewery in, in uh, Highlands Highlands and Islands, Scotland, Caragorn's Brewery. We have the Yeti uh, by, uh, I pardon the pronunciation, this is uh, Symes I Lesbains in France. I have no idea if I pronounced that correct. Sasquatch, not. Sasquatch Stout brewed by Old Yale Brewing Company in, Chil in Chilliwack, Canada. Eh? We have Yeti Special Export Lager brewed by Yuxum Brewery in uh, Mali, Sikkim, India. There's a lot of beers out there with these with with these mystery creature names. And also, there are a lot of other beers out there with no relation at all to these cryptids, as they're called. But they're just big and hairy. <laughs> so, so I figured they fit in cryptobrology. And also, being that we have an interest in homebrewing, we made cryptobrology a site about homebrewing too. So we have homebrew recipes... We've got homebrewing instructions. We've got and Roger, I don't know if you've if been by the site recently, but we now have home, in a couple of weeks. But yeah, we now have homebrew beer store available here at Cryptobrology. If you look, right, you've seen that. Yes. Okay. The uh, Amazon.com products that are all uh, related to homebrewing. What? Well, so funny. We're laughing. Well, Roger got something. A, being smart. a mechanic, I uh, always buying tools. And I go to uh, Harbor Freight, just opened up a local store. And uh, I'm shopping in there, it's like, you know, to me a tool store is like a, a toy store for a kid. Mm -hmm. And I'm going up and Much down like Johnny area. Longwood. Yeah, right. That um, is not a porn name, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. But um, I'm going up and down the aisles, and I look up on the top shelf, and there's Mr. Beer. I'm thinking, whoa, wait a second. This is Harbor Freight Tool and Supply. And you're selling Mr. Beer. Which is, for those of you who don't know, Mr. Beer is a homebrew starter kit. Basically, they, they have pre-made pre batches of uh, extracts, even with hops blended in, that you can just boil up and uh, pitch some yeast and make your own beer. Yeah. And it even comes with a little kegging... A container, right? Usually do mm -hmm. what? About one gallon? Oh, no. It two and a half gallons, I think. Is, is, they you know, have different sizes. I think two and a half gallons is one of their standards. You know, for somebody that's never brewed before, the Mr. Beer is not a bad setup to be mm -hmm. going. Mm -hmm. I get, have a guy... That's get your feet wet. I know a guy that still uses it regularly because he can embellish their recipe. He right. can he can add his own, his own malts and boost the alcohol. Mm -hmm. He can add his own hops and change the flavor a little bit. It's a good way for somebody that's never brewed before to mm -hmm. get an idea of what it's like. Mr. Beer Brew Kits are, by the way, available at uh, Amazon.com, which you can find a link to at CryptoGrology.com. Brew Kits, Ingredients, and Accessories. You will find Mr. Beer Englishman's Nut Brown Ale Kits and uh, West Coast Pale Ale Kits and things like that. They have a whole starter kit for homebrewing at 130 bucks, And if you order anything over... That's not a Mr. Beer there, though. No, but this is a general setup. You right. Can, you that, can buy that. 
Well, that's for some. I guess if you, get more, setup. Yeah, if you get more advanced, 130 bucks, you can have your carboy, your bottler, your. I think it even comes with some caps. A capper. Well, it's got a um, capper. I'm going to assume that it's got caps there. Got I see caps. a Joy of Home Brewing book there too. Yep. That's like the Brewer's Bible. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of stuff. Listen to more of this discussion with Roger on Podcast 15, Part 2.